Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Jim just gave me the... uh the very serious. Okay, let's do this. Let's go. But I didn't get it on. Yeah, it's okay. I record it. We are we are officially started. Okay, well, uh, here we are. You two. Thursday afternoon. Thursday afternoon. Yep. 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 No, it's yep. still summer. Yep. We're all here. I'm Jim. I'm Sarah. Oh, and I'm Sam. Yep. yep. And I'm just starting out with the weather real quick. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a bright, sunny day, I and know. it's the first of August. Thursday, the first of August, twenty nineteen. Yep. Sunny it? in Minnesota. Yep. Can you believe it? I can't Halloween's believe around August the corner, Jim. We said that last time. Boo. Boo. Right. It's kind of appropriate <laughs> for today's spooky. episode, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, welcome everybody. Welcome to our listeners. Hi, Dad. Yeah, Hi to our what ever What if it's growing. not Thursday, August 1st when someone's listening uh, to this? It what could be, you know. It could be Halloween when they listen to this. Right. Well, happy Halloween. Happy if Halloween. It is. Or happy uh, happy July sixteenth, uh, twenty twenty, twenty twenty, or right. whenever you Who might knows? listen to this. I, ho- I hope right. you're having a lovely day. Who knows? Okay. Well, as always, we would love to thank our listeners mm-hmm. for tuning in. And as always, as of like the last five shows, let's yeah, well, we just be started. Fair. We're finally you. getting our act together. Yeah. But we're going to splice in thank yous in the first. Are ones. we? No. Sorry. Sam. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we weren't appreciative. It's that we're Minnesotan. We, we, oh, it's that. We, we are just kind of, we're getting a little better at this, I think. Yeah. We had our first live podcast at the 331 this week, which will be up shortly and had a wonderful, great time. Looking forward to some more coming up. Yeah, I think, uh, well, we've got uh, one this Friday, not this Friday, the following Friday at uh, the at Hewing. At the Hewing. Hewing. Yep. Yep. With, with Faith, Faith and Paul Boblet. Faith and Paul Boblet coming up. We're super, we love the Hewing. We're super excited about that. So kind of stay tuned. We love We do. <laughs> the Boblets. The Boblets. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. Uh, so we're excited to chat with them. and We yeah. are. Okay. And uh that's fine. All right, we're good. That's that's probably enough intro. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We thank you. And uh, this is. I'm just going to make this one. Maybe I do this every time. Maybe I'll just do it this time. Uh, it's a kind of a personal favor to us, like a, a personal appeal here. I guess it really does matter that uh, that you review these podcasts and that you share it places mm-hmm. and stuff. So it it's. Again, it's a very it nice thing. It helps with the rankings and all that stuff. It helps so. with all the stuff that we... Get us found by others that may not know us directly or may not live in the Twin Cities as we expand our reach. Right. And and it's one of those things that we we either pretend or we do actually really hate having to ask this stuff. Like, I, I social media kills me sometimes mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, I guess if it's being put to a purpose that helps us, then... <laughs> then I guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> Self-interest, <Wow. laughs> nice, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, we have a guest, and I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Jim oh. introduce the guest. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We have um, Lester Black in this afternoon, who's a writer, mm-hmm. and um, I'm pretty excited about that. Welcome, Lester. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah. So. Um, Lester, let's just, uh, how should we jump into this? You would like to read. We're going to read a little bit. You're going to read. Yes, I will. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<clears throat> I've got a story here called Running Dry, and um, it's about a man who meets a woman, falls in love, but he carries a lie that uh, colors the relationship. The story does contain drug references, baseball references, and some foul language, so please be warned. Okay, okay so if you're so anti, anti-baseball, <laughs> anti-drugs, or what was the other one? Oh, foul, foul language. language, yeah. No one needs that shit, you know. <laughs> oh, see what I did oh, there? Right. I loosened everybody up you for sure you. Did. Right, right. I with got the them old, all ready for the you. Old shit language. <laughs> nice one, Sam. Okay. All right, Lester. Whenever okay. you're ready. So, I'll be reading um, sections of the story, and so I'll skip around and and uh, try to give you both context and uh, the narrative. So, here we go. Running dry. October 1965, Bill and Angela had just gotten married at the Justice of the Peace in downtown Los Angeles. Bill's mind was a few miles north at Chavez Ravine, where his hometown Dodgers were fighting for their life in a World Series matchup with the Minnesota Twins. His Dodgers trailed the Twins two games to zero with game three starting in less than an hour. His mind was buzzing. He was desperate to hear or even go to the game, but it was his goddamned wedding day. Who gets married in October? How could he fuck this up so bad? Well, at least the wedding was over, but now he just had to figure out a way to get close to a transistor radio. This whirled through his brain when he should have been paying more attention to the situation. A secret he had hoped would never be revealed was about to be. 30 is the age Bill claimed. They met two years ago when Angela was 19. At that time, Bill claimed to be 28. With his baby face and wispy mustache, he looked the part and was rarely challenged. Now, his baby face was red with the embarrassment of being caught in the lie. His eyes shifted He mumbled something, then stared at the floor looking sheepish. Bill, we agreed to trust each other and not lie to each other and to have a relationship that was more about two equals than a wife serving her husband. Angela's voice was calm and measured, seemingly impossible given the contorted shape of her face. According to this legal document, You are 39 years old. Is this a true statement? Angela, I can explain everything. Angela interrupted. True? Bill looked at the floor. Yes. How? Why? What sort of person are you? Are you anything like the person you presented to me? Or was everything a lie? When were you going to tell me? Were you going to tell me? I was always going to tell you, I just didn't know when or how. And then with the wedding getting closer and closer, I used that as as an excuse and just said to myself that I'd wait until after the wedding. I did try a few times, but I would get afraid and think, if you knew the truth, I would lose you, and I've never loved anyone the way I've loved you. Angela's eyes widened. 
Bill could almost see the dawning truth. Were you married before? Not for very long. I got drafted. Angela interrupted. What? Draft? There isn't a draft. I was drafted into the Korean War. Angela stared dumbfounded. Anyway, I got married right before I went overseas. In hindsight, I think she was hoping I'd get killed and she would get my benefits. She didn't miss me much, started dating even before I landed on the peninsula. Then when my tour was up, I took the bus home and she was gone. A few days later, I got the divorce papers. Anyway, I was going to tell you tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. I just didn't want to destroy the magic that surrounds us. But you made our lives a lie. You made yourself something you're not. Oh, did I? You never once questioned my age. To you, I am 30. I feel 30. Age is what you think it is. If you feel 50, you are 50, even if you're 30. And if you're 30, if you feel 30, even if the marriage certificate says 39. What other lies have you told me? I mean, already here on my wedding day, I find out my husband is old enough to be my dad, who fought in Korea just like you did, and this man who's legally my husband had a wife, even though she sounded like a horrible person. But hey, maybe that too is a lie, and you're the one who cheated on her. Or you were just an asshole, like you are now. So, that's Bill and Angela getting married, and immediately things not looking so fabulous <laughs> and <I'll say>. uh, <laughs> Angela is not happy <laughs> a, I'm like what's next right yeah. what's gonna happen next kind of a bad day uh so is this an excerpt from this isn't the beginning of the story not the exact beginning but close to the beginning mm-hmm. okay so somehow even through this Angela stays with Bill and you don't exactly know why. Is she embarrassed to be divorced a week after she get married? Mm-hmm. Is she um, willing to overlook it? Um, does she believe in the sanctity of her wedding vows and say, well, for better, for worse, for lies or for truth? And so <laughs> I, I suppose the question that comes into my mind is, why do people stay together? Oh, boy. I that's a that's quite a question. Looks around the room like I know. I uh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not married, so I I do think about this just in the broader context. I I don't know. It could be it could be a myriad of things. I I don't want to ask where it's going to lead quite next because that's kind of part of it. But sometimes it's children. Right, they don't have children. Yeah, it could be um, laziness, comfort. But is it a big deal that he's that he lied about his age? Uh, what what would you do, (laughs) Sarah? So you're dating some guy for a while, right? You could just get married, right? I I I think it's. I'm curious to see where. If there are other things that he's been hiding. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be that would be kind of the natural first response, which you got you got into there, Lester. Um, you know, she immediately starts wondering, what are the other things you haven't you haven't told me? Right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know people people staying together. I mean, I'd like to think that 
I'd like to think that sometimes people separate when they shouldn't uh, and that it's short-sighted on their part because there's, uh, you know, I've been married forever and I, I love my wife very much. Uh, it has not been, it has not been every day a bed of roses and sunshine. It just doesn't work out that way. But on, on the whole, I, I would say that, you know, the people that I know who have been in long-term relationships and stay together, they've got maybe a couple of things going. One could be they're just blindly in love with each other mm -hmm. from the time they met through the end. I've seen a few few instances of that, and I'm always just amazed that it, never a chink in the armor anywhere, it seems. They're just in love completely right. and, and always. And then uh, may, if that's maybe not the case for everybody, uh, the other side of it would be that that someone becomes your kind of your best friend and you're right. only going to be disappointed the closer you allow people to you the more likely they are to hurt you because someone you don't care about has a real hard time hurting you right but if you're going to be in a long time a term relationship you're going to have to accept the fact that that you've now made yourself vulnerable to this person hurting you so i think that's well I only shave a couple of years off my age. So. <laughs> Do you when you meet people? You, so does does, yeah, does Amber think you're like uh, you know thirty eight, forty forty two? I don't think maybe? you remember how old you are actually. I, I kind of don't. Right. I don't know you, that we have any verification. I, of I don't age. think so. I've never gotten a firm right. answer. So well, I'm only now starting to admit my age because you don't feel your age and i think that was so a i kind of relate to exactly actually, what, what bill was saying yeah bill i mean like like when you're reading this uh lester you know i'm thinking like wow this sounds like something i'd say well it actually sounds like something i live you know so so it, i i already oh have a gosh. relationship with bill yeah. but, but i don't know where it's going so right. that's only just right now it, yeah it could end well i he and I don't. I don't. Say he hasn't 10 done years. anything that pisses me off you know, too bad. I did like that she points out that uh, her father fought in Korea too. Like that would. Right. That, there has to be a moment there where she she's entitled to right. a moment of shock, mm -hmm. saying, "Well, what the what the hell? You're the same age as my dad." Yeah. Like you could have at least at least let me know that. Mm -hmm. Right. But he's not wrong. She wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone for him most likely then, right? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, Jim's. Jim's oh, no. always, uh, you well, know, my dad. My dad was ten years older than my mom. Well, and you've kind of rested on on your uh, your good looks and your charm all your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, at the same time, Bill has also kind of created a a little bit of a fantasy world, insofar mm -hmm. as you know, it it's his perfect life, the young beautiful wife and and in some ways I don't really blame Bill for wanting this idealized life because what I'm trying to show it is that they might not really have that much control over their reactions to things based on the culture that they are living in and so um, the man as breadwinner it's at, certainly in the 60s, mm -hmm. that was the traditional culture. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the roles that men and women played were more prescribed and, and more separate in some ways. And so 
you know, I'm not trying to make Bill out to be the complete bad guy because in some ways he's just a victim of the world he lives in. Right. All right. All right. Back to the story. Okay. All right. This is fun. Uh, it is fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. March 1966. Somehow Bill managed to convince Angela to remain with him. At least so far so good. It was a bit touch and go for a while. Bill thought Angela stayed more out of, out of embarrassment than devotion. He thought, get on base any way you can. A walk's as good as a hit. He slept on the sofa for the first two months of their marriage and only managed to convince Angela to allow him into the marital bed by promising not to touch her. This arrangement has continued. Bill makes every effort to spend time with Angela, and he gave up his hobbies and friends and devoted himself to her. She was still cool and very distant, but they did manage to go out together, and they both respected their marriage vows, as tattered as they may be. Bill's birthday, he was turning 40, coincided with the release of the Beatles' Revolver album. It was his birthday present from Angela. Bill wasn't so sure about the music, but he was more than pleasantly surprised that she had gotten him a gift. Bill ran out to get some food, stopped, and picked up a couple of bottles of wine just in case. They listened to the Beatles, ate pizza and drank wine, danced, and kissed the way they had before they were married. That night, they made love to the happy refrain of Yellow Submarine. So, All right. will there be a happy ending? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, so Lester, you have you have published works out there that people can can find, correct? I am most the most obscure writing person you could imagine. Okay. <laughs> I have a story that was published uh, a long time ago in an anthology over in Scotland when we were living there, and it is almost assuredly out of print and impossible to find. And other than that, I um, had written a couple of music pieces for The Sweet Potato way back when. Okay. But I'm mostly a amateur writer uh, writing for my own amusement. Oh well, this is uh, this is fun. It is. It is fun. Yeah. So when you when you write for your own amusement and you get to do these things, uh, is it is it that you get to slip in these little parts of fantasy that you like, like the uh, twins beating the Dodgers? Is that the baseball reference that you thought might offend people? <laughs> twins in the World Series winning against the Dodgers. Not that that couldn't happen, but we know the Twins' history. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about uh, uh, people being critical of the baseball thing, although there is a, a sentence where I call Kent Herbrick the fat boy. Uh, but I think even Kent Herbrick wouldn't mind being called the fat boy, uh, right. especially since he hit a grand slam in the uh, 87 World Series. So, um, When he had big muscular legs. He was, he was a big, strong dude. Yes, he was a big man. He is a big guy. He's a big guy. Uh, hopefully, he's listening and he writes an angry uh, no, he'll write tweet a nice, or something. He'll, he'll write a nice tweet. <laughs> no, I know. I'm teasing. <laughs> Jim always worries. 
Okay, so so far well, so Ken good. Well, Turbeck, with... if you don't like what I'm saying about you, <laughs> I'll meet you outside of Target Field. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very threatening. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, are so, we... So, yeah, so yeah, far so good in 1966 for Bill. Looks, this is looks like, like six like years he, later or something, right? It wasn't necessarily... Well, uh, six, later. Uh, six months later. Six months later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That, that's okay. Well, I, I was here to do my Usually answer. I would say that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you've been alive for 58 years, All but you right. don't admit it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just teasing you. Too. You too. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Back to the story. Okay. Okay. It was a bit hard to describe their relationship. Angela still felt angry and betrayed and wondered if she could ever get past it. Not only the lie, but the specter of Bill at age 70. Am I going to end up wiping some wheelchair-bound, drooling, old man's droopy ass for 10 years? By the time he died, she would be old. Still... That seems so far away and hard to even imagine. Who can predict the future? As of right now, the present seemed pretty darned good. Bill was making good money. He was still walking on eggshells around her. And she was getting to hang out in Laurel Canyon and the Hollywood Hills with people you see on TV and hear on the radio. 1967 came and went. 1968... 1969 passed by in a kaleidoscopic blur with Vietnam and Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Fred Hampton, Altamont. Why was every good man being killed and who was killing them? Nixon was president. Unbelievable. A man on the moon. Plenty of things going on. Plenty of things to do. Bill and Angela did their thing but mostly not with each other. Thus the 60s came to an end, noisy and messy, hopeful and depressing, uncertain and violent. A pretty perfect description of their marriage. The 1970s. The grass was replaced by cocaine, and the detente that existed began to erode. Bill hit her once during this time, Wild-eyed on cocaine and paranoid about everything, he ranted for hours with accusations of infidelity. It was all absurd, of course, but Angela knew better than to listen to the ravings of a lunatic, so she just gave Bill a glass of milk and started to go to bed. He grabbed her arm, threw the milk in her face, and pushed her to the floor. Angela's face smacked loudly against the white marble, the dark red pooling dramatically. Bill swore off coke forever and sank into a funk of inflation, OPEC, Iran, and the grinning visage of the horror that was to become the Reagan years. One month into sobriety, Bill was struggling and was reminded of cocaine constantly, the talcum powder he sprinkled on his balls, the sugar he ladled into his coffee, the dandruff he shrugged off his shoulders all reminded him of what he was now calling happier lines. So, Bill has issues and he behaves in ways that are pretty unacceptable, but at the same time, somehow Angela stays. 
so and then living, the question becomes yeah. why do people stay together again mm-hmm. and you know it's almost like the, the the often told example of the frog in the pot of boiling water as the water gradually gets hotter the frog doesn't notice and boils to death mm. whereas if you throw the frog into a the boiling water, it would jump out. So, you know, if things get bad so slowly, mm-hmm. do you not notice them? It's kind of like a, I was just thinking of kicking the can down the road type of deal. Even if you do know they're bad, you think, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Right. And you kick it another day, and then pretty soon a month passes, a year passes, 10 years pass. That's what this situation seems very much like to me. They don't want to make the hard decision. And I don't think it was ever built on anything with stability because she could never get past that lie and forgive him. So it set the stage for it never to work. Yeah, so the foundation wasn't, wasn't was never strong there. enough. There was never a foundation. Right. So it's Yikes. not only just about the lie. Yeah. But she, couldn't she get over that lie? It was only one lie. <laughs> well, right? It's kinda, I mean, it's just one lie. I get, but, you know, you were asking me about age, and, like, age is kind of just a number, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we talk about that. We're all oh. getting a little older, too, and yeah. it's like, I still feel like I'm 20. Yeah. I'm more mature, right? But I still feel like a 20-year-old, so that's not as shocking what I was going to say. What bothered me the most, yes, he shouldn't have lied, but how he's thinking about the baseball game. That bothered me during the wedding. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. It's like really. That's really? Yeah. Top of mind. Well, it's yeah, that bothers me. I, I, it, listen, I'm not. I'm not into sports, but I think there's been a lot of guys. I know. <laughs> I don't. Wedding, like yeah. checking their little. I, I don't. Little TV I don't go for that. But I, that's just me. <laughs> well, he's right? tuning into the radio. True. True. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuck out for me. Uh, yeah. Get and over the it. twins are in it. I know. And winning. <laughs> Be a better planner. You know. Huh. Okay. Well, that's, that's my interesting. two cents. <laughs> that one really ticks you off. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, okay. one common theme of my writing is the man who's not a nice man. Mm. And right. okay. in this case, he's not nice in fairly ordinary sort of ways. Although, again, um, I did want to uh put in that little bit of violence simply because oftentimes that's the tipping point and people say I'm just not going to do that and as you'll find out it didn't make Angela leave him Um, and so you continue to wonder why. I also when I was um, writing it I remembered how fascinating the late 60s were in terms of all of the things that were going on and you know in 1968 Bobby Kennedy was killed and uh, Martin Luther King was killed and George Wallace was running for president and so there was a violence in the U.S. that was kind of remarkable and then there's the whole man on the moon thing and then Vietnam and the anti-war movement and I'm old enough to remember that and I just wanted to point out to people who weren't that old mm-hmm. it was a pretty fascinating time um, and then I get sometimes a bit political so Fred Hampton if you're not familiar with the name was a Black Panther who was murdered by the police simply because he was a Black Panther and so right. there was a lot of that going on mm. um, 
in the middle 60s, Black Panthers walked around with rifles because the gun laws were such that you could do that. And I just find the idea of armed people patrolling the streets of our city kind of bizarre. Well, they still do that. Uh, Second Amendment's rights group pe- groups do that in uh, Oregon and, and other places where open carry is is allowed. Um, I'm not even sure that open carry is disallowed in Minnesota. I I could be wrong, but I, I'm not sure that you couldn't walk the streets with a with a you know AR-15 strapped to your back or whatever. I think you can, but I, I could be wrong. But I would it, not go out and culture, do that. The culture as a whole has definitely changed towards it being commonplace, right? Right, but but at the same time, uh, it you know without with obviously we don't get too political on this show, and so I'm not. This isn't a political statement. Without getting into the politics of it, uh, we do seem to be fighting some of those same battles that were being fought in the late '60s, even through the mid, I guess '60s and '70s. Uh, they've come back around. I mean, we're we're still we're still sorting this out as a as a society and as a country and even as a world. I mean, we're getting we're getting more uh, right wing, you know, semi fascist looking stuff going on in in Europe, and we're having whatever issues we're having here and you can kind of feel i would say that build up that was happening in the 60s you can kind of feel that coming around again at least from what i know i certainly wasn't alive for it so you know i i yeah. think i only know that through historical reference don't don't look at us jim no, i can't make only, fun of you no, for no. your age anymore the yeah. only thing i was gonna it's interesting bringing that up because this year or just recently was the my math it's 50th anniversary of the moon moon. landing Mm -hmm. and also there was they were going to have the big woodstock revival that ended Mm -hmm. up getting canceled for a myriad of reasons so that this is very much top of mind right now i think in culture yeah yeah pop culture well we have uh we've made it through the first half of the show so let's uh let's take a little break are we going to get to hear the end Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back after, <laughs> All right, we'll do. after the right. break with Lester Black. <laughs> Thank right. you. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel safe products directly to your door in an airport security safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit KineticDesignBuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. I could see. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin. Uh. Andalin now available on the App Store and Google Play. Visit Andalin.app for more information. 
Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. back Hello. with Lester Black. Back with Lester Black. It's like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to 1981. Oh. Oh, all right. We're right back. Great year. Love it. Angela sat on the lounger facing the ocean. Oh, yes. Despite it all, they had made it big in L.A. Maybe the marital discord, apathy, hostility, hyphen, hyphen situation drove them to succeed in other ways. The house on the beach typified the schizoid nature of Angela's relationship to Bill. She respected and enjoyed the benefits of his career success and got along with Bill on a number of different levels. The burning itch of the eternal lie never allowed her to be comfortable despite everything. She had to admit a fear of being on her own and having to provide for herself. Bill wasn't the best, but the truth of it is that she mostly lived her life independent of his influence. She'd been married for 15, almost 16 years now, and she was used to her life and didn't have a strong desire to change. And so once again, we see Angela struggling with, is this the right thing for me? And deciding that somehow it is. Yeah, even even after all that time, sixteen years. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Mott the Hoople played at an unpleasant volume, made worse by Bill singing along, all the way from Memphis. Fucking indeed. We have to talk, she said, and lifted the tone arm from the record. They sat at the dining room table, Bill slumping, his Dodgers cap covering his head. Angela explained how she loved Bill and loved her life, and that they had spent nearly 15, 16 years together, and she felt it was maybe time to take a step back and assess where they were. She understood how someone could be so traumatized over a loss of hair, but damn it, Bill, it's been a year, and you've got to snap out of it. She told him... She wasn't going to live with some mini Howard Hughes recluse with long toenails. Are you happy? Bill looked intently at Angela. I'm okay, she said. There is endless meaning to I'm okay, including none. Bill was pretty sure happy wasn't one of them. 
Am I happy, Bill? Posed the question to himself. It's a fundamental question for some. In Bill's worldview, achieving happiness was what he thought he wanted. Am I happy? Bill looked at Angela, anguished. I am so far from happy I could be on fucking Jupiter. Angela said, Okay then, this has got to change. I propose an experiment. Let's try to live like normal people for a while. Normal married couples who like each other, talk to each other, and spend time with each other. We can try new restaurants, go to a few Dodgers games, go up to Big Bear. And so they did. So, Angela is invested in the relationship and does want to make it work somehow. Bill's thoughts on the matter are unclear at this point. And so she's proposing uh, what what she believes to be a, a means to help remedy their distance, the distance between them. So by by communicating her needs at that moment, right. And I, there was a reference to Bill losing his hair, which is kind of a weird, quirky thing that I put in there. But Bill goes from having kind of longish '70s hair to being bald almost overnight and the uh, threat to his ego and vanity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is immense. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's already feeling like he has to make up for the age difference now. That's starting to... It's the, <laughs> the chickens are coming home to roost. Yeah. Is that yep. what the saying is? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Age like, is catching up. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's, that's the trouble you get yourself into when you're not honest up front about that sort of stuff, right? I'm not looking at you like I expect you to answer. I feel like I look like Bill did. (laughs) No. No. Bill didn't grow up in Crystal. (laughs) Bill wasn't riding BMX and listening to (laughs) Judas Priest and whatnot. Different era, Jim. Different era. All right, you're good. Lester. Uh, he was listening to Mott the Hoople, which, again, I like to put in references to things I like. And uh, yep. when I was a teenager, Mott the Hoople was the bee's knees. Yeah, I have a, I have a good friend for whom uh, that is his absolute favorite band ever. Good old Mott the Hoople. Okay. <clears throat> Nine, the plot thickens. Oh. <laughs> oh. 1986. Oh, okay. Angela's waiting for Bill to get home. She poured him a glass of wine when she heard his car in the driveway. As she gave it to him, he looked at her and said, You're not having any? Angela smiled as she replied, I can't. You can't? You're ill? Or, I'm pregnant. You're pregnant? I'm pregnant. Bill looked perplexed. How? Why? When? Well, I think you can figure out the how. Had to be on our vacation. I do remember a lot of lovemaking on that trip. But how? Can you even get pregnant? How old are you? Gee, thanks. I appreciate it. But to be fair, it's a good question. I'm almost 42. I didn't think you could get pregnant. Well, neither did I. That's why I haven't used the pill for a few years. Not that I needed the protection, if you know what I mean. What do you think about all this? Why? I don't know. Is it a blessing from God? A curse? How do you feel? 
Well, I never thought about having kids. It was easy not to think about it. I mean, Jesus, I'm 60 years old, and you're old for a mom. Can this baby even be all right? Angela didn't know how she felt about it. Part of her said, just get an abortion. And part of it said, I'm going to be a mother. Maybe the best mother ever. I've got the time. I've got the money. Maybe I can do something to make my life more meaningful. Bill pressed her to have the baby tested for defects, but Angela, afraid of both the risk and result, refused. Bill tossed and turned at night. Did he want to be a father? Was he even the father? Did he want to be a father? Was he even the father? Did he want to be a father? Was he even the father? Was he even the father? Huh. I knew that was coming. <laughs> that, mm. uh, huh. So he's uh, predominantly now questioning her her honesty. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, isn't that it's the wicked game you play? Yeah. Right? So he's, now he's, he's lied from the start, and they've managed through this, and that lie kind of stuck with them, but... It's been 20, 30 years. Like you got to sort of get over it at some point, right? Uh, yet, when it comes down to it, he's now questioning the integrity of his of wife's right. honesty. Right, yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the doubts that existed in the relationship up until this point in time had been solely on Angela's side. Mm-hmm. And now the challenge of being a father has really shook Bill to the core. Mm-hmm. And now he is wondering if he can do it. Do you and think he's trying to get an out? We'll see. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we shall continue. Yes. <laughs> Christmas, 1986. Angela's pregnancy grew in sync with Bill's doubt. What kind of father would he be? What if there's something wrong with the baby? Stuck for 20, 30, 40 years? What about the kid? What kid wants a 60-year-old dad? Jesus, he'll be dead before the kid is out of high school. They went to a friend's Christmas party. Bill drank lots of eggnog. His friends teased him about being an old dad. It did not go well. Fortunately, the only child present was unborn. On the ride home, Bill raged. Whose baby? Whose baby? Spittle flecked the windshield. The next day he went to get his sperm tested. He had some, but it was old and slow moving. The doctor didn't want to give him odds on how likely, but Bill thought, not very. Oh. I'm reminded Man. to yeah. I'm reminded to how what is this thirty years ago something, mm-hmm. and how things have changed so much in those thirty years because women are getting. Who was I just talking to? Your wife, Sam. Yeah, Kate. Someone, women just often get pregnant now in their forties, and it's not a oh my gosh, she's so old. It's just it's more much more commonplace. So oh, absolutely. Not as shocking as it as it would have been back then. No, but even. Even in that period of time, the uh, your average life expectancy in America has probably risen, or at least 
I'm sure it has, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, in the '80s, as a man, I, I think, boy, you'd you'd be thinking, if I make it to 72 or 74, that's I'm old. You know, that's that's the end of it. 40 felt old, right? Yeah, I, mean, I remember <laughs> when my dad had his 40th birthday, and you're like, guy's oh, so old. He's, he's on his way out, <laughs> right? Now we're in our 40s. Yeah. It's like whatever. Um, yeah, so, so just that the strikes whole, me a little bit. Yeah. yeah, the feelings around it have changed, and I think people do enjoy a, I mean, certainly enjoy a higher quality of life later into life than they would have For sure. expected then. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have a, I have a six-year-old sister. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this right. is, I mean, this is pretty similar to my yep. father's situation. Mm -hmm. I have a nearly seventy-year-old father with a six-year-old. Uh, so, yeah. The guy's got it going on. I know. Well, and I think he's wrestled with some of those questions, but not in that same way. You right. know? Sure, but, but he's, it's just, he's you sort know, of asked, live in your life, and he has a lot to give, and it's great. And uh, and all of his, his, the light of his life, his mm -hmm. best buddy. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful situation, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Bill truly thinks someone else impregnated, impregnated his wife. I think he's looking for excuses mm -hmm. to address the fear he feels about being a father. And, you know, is it vanity um, insofar as you go to pick up your kindergarten child and all the other parents are 15 years younger and you stand out and they look at you like, look at that old guy? Mm -hmm. Or is it just selfishness well mm -hmm. now I've got to look after a person and I can't do what I want to do whatever that may be go to see the Dodgers play or uh, whatever and so you know again I find the the question of parenthood interesting because again I say a vast majority of people probably assume that parenthood is a great thing and it's something everyone should strive for but I don't think that's a universal opinion. And and so the fact that he's struggling with it, I I find interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, being a parent, I think I can, you know, I can... I can say, and this may not sound exactly right, but, like, you, there's a ton of self-doubt that goes into... Uh, especially the first child, but but just children in general like am I going to be the parent I think I should be am I going to be a good parent is this you know there's fear and self-doubt even when you're when you're 100% ready right? yeah when you yeah. when you feel like you're the right age and mm -hmm. the timing is right and life's kind of worked out the way it should and now we're having a baby you still have self-doubt so I can imagine as an older person there's there's other thoughts that go through there and <clears throat> Again, relative to your approach about legacy, mm -hmm. I think for many people, their legacy is their children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, their children become the most important thing mm -hmm. that has occurred in their life. Now, again, some people are extremely successful in their careers and they leave a legacy there, but you know, more people than not, their legacy is their children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been, <clears throat> it's Bill, right? I, Yes. Yeah, we've been following Bill. Uh, he maybe 
he maybe didn't display the uh, the most adult decision making throughout the entirety of his life. So why even at at 16. 60 years old, is he going to now start being more mature about this, even though you would hope he might be, you know, which is... Spoil alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here we go. Yeah, which is different than my, you know, my father, I'll just say this really quick. My father, this is the, the third marriage he's been in where that produced children. So it's not like he didn't know what he was getting into when they decided to have a child and, and tried for that and then did have a child. So a, a whole different... A much more mature mindset from a guy who had displayed a lot more maturity throughout his entire life sure. so good point yep all right february 1987 how in jesus name was he going to be able to look after a baby did he even want to do such a thing some little crying thing that just ate and shit and cried and slept and wouldn't be able to speak intelligibly for at least two years, and then he'd have to endure mama and dada for weeks on end. He wouldn't be able to have an interesting conversation for more than ten years. Then he'd have to go to school plays or games or concerts or some shit, then tell everyone's kid how fucking great they are at whatever useless pursuit they were pursuing. Bill's days were getting darker. Valentine's Day, 1987. Bill was at work when Angela went into labor and in a meeting when the call came into his voicemail. So by the time he listened to it, there was a second voicemail congratulating him on being the father of a 7-pound, 13-ounce son. Hmm. So his ambivalence is to the fore where he can't even... Be go to the bu- mm-hmm. go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real nice, real nice, Bill. <laughs> Bill is not very nice. <laughs> Bill's a dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. At that point, Bill is a dick. Like, let's just throw it out there. If you've uh, he got married twenty years prior, he's been with the same woman for twenty years. He's. Uh, you know, done some self-indulgent things that that did damage to their relationship, but she's she's seen him through it, and they and they've made it. And then and then when she's got this uh, this thing thrust upon her that she didn't believe would would ever happen, she you know, and she admitted that earlier. Uh, now he's going to be so much of a dick that he mm-hmm. won't even just support her mm-hmm. through that time mm-hmm. uh, when when really that's. It doesn't seem to me, I don't know, we don't get a, a great glimpse into her life, but it doesn't seem to me she's asking for much more than that, actually, just to be a partner and be supported. And, you know, part of the, part of the uh, intent uh, of the story is to make Angela sort of invisible. Because, in many ways, the wife, especially uh, a wife who didn't work, Back then, they called them housewives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the housewives were pretty invisible. And so you don't really see a lot of Angela's character in this story. So you don't really know too much about her because in some senses, she's a non-person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wanted to highlight that insofar as, again, in the context of the culture... Maybe her choices were pretty limited. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Yeah, and and relationships from a certain time and men of a certain era uh, that would have been that would have been the norm, right? So, so I mean, I just think there's some some danger when people talk about the past as some uh, wonderful time where everything was great and they're looking back through rose-colored glasses I think like well yeah but what about what about all these in, inequities yeah, in a lot of ways this, that, this yeah. is similar to the time period yeah I mean what is right it's, yeah. it's poignant yep alright so right. while Angela's in the hospital with the baby Bill completely loses it and moves out of the house so real mature Bill real mature <laughs> So we're in June 1987 now, uh, several months after the baby's been born. It was three days before Bill spoke to Angela, home now with the baby. It was only when she threatened to show up at his office did he agree to come over. I can't do this, he said. I'm sorry, but I can't do this. I looked at the baby and felt nothing but revulsion. I felt no connection. It didn't seem like me. I can't see giving what might be the last 18 years of my life to some being that probably will end up hating me. I feel bad for you, but when it comes down to it, I just have to pick me over you, and what makes me happy is important. And you're happy living in some shitty apartment in Rosita while I slave away here with this baby? I'm not so young myself anymore. You should have seen the way they looked at me at the hospital. Angela looked worn out. The glow he'd seen in the hospital was gone. Can you call your sister? Bill thought this was a helpful suggestion. Angela glared at him. I'm constantly amused at how often men put their foot in their mouth when they're talking with women. And, you know, the (laughs) suggestion that, well, maybe your sister could help you with my baby Mm-hmm. is a typical male sort of statement in my mind. <laughs> God, I hope it's not too typical. Uh, I mean, I think there was uh, there's a, a set of people out there for whom, yeah, that's that whatever's is. best for me is what's best. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that's basically what he says. So Bill continues to try to come up with excuses why he shouldn't be a father. And uh, one of them is, well, was it my baby? So now um, it's October 1988, and the Dodgers are once again in the World Series, and um, they have a fabulous victory in the first game, and so Bill is as happy as he's ever been. (laughs) And so he agrees to a paternity test that will, again, prove is he the father or not. So here we are, October of 1988. The results from the paternity test came back positive. Bill was, at least biologically, a father. The news struck Bill hard, sort of like getting clocked on the back of the head with a baseball bat. Now what? Could he be a dad? Did he have to be a dad? He mulled. He mulled. And he mulled. People with kids acted happy. Well, not all of the time. He'd seen plenty of screaming from the playground to porta potty. 
He'd heard countless stories of no sleep and endless crying and shit that does stink and puke in your hair. All good, but it becomes too much when you're supposed to say I love it. Plus, dad jeans. Please, shoot me. He had the resources. He could support a kid in style. Would he have to go to school events? Would he look like a total dumbass if he pretended he was the grandfather? How would that fuck up the kid? And what do I get out of it, he thought. He was sure that his own dad loved him, but he was really too busy to show that he did. And I'm not too fucked up, am I? What kind of man am I? A dad man? He opened a bottle of wine. He drank. He paced. He spilled. Shitty apartment, anyway. Did he want to live with Angela? Did he want to live alone? Did he feel any moral responsibility? Bill made up his mind. The setting sun was at his back as he left town and headed east. By the time he got to Needles, it was cool enough to put the top down. He drove through the night, through the desert, stars twinkling by the millions overhead. He could almost feel the wind ruffling his hair. Angela never heard from Bill again. She was okay with that. (laughs) What kind of... (laughs) No, what kind of person was he when she met him? What kind of redeeming qualities did he have that made her fall in love with him? Because I, I just don't see any. (laughs) <laughs> that's my question now when I she married him for a reason she said she loved him right well um, is it just this it, it isn't said in like, the story okay. what she found sure. attractive sure. about him um, again she was young in the mid 60s mm-hmm. when I would say the norm was you're getting married before you're 22 mm-hmm. um, and the expectation for many is a young woman gets married, and that's kind of like their number one goal in sure. life. Right. And um, Bill was in real estate, and so he did make a decent money, a decent income. Um, and how much of that influenced her? So I don't know. maybe she fell in love with a lie. Not only he's lying about his age, but she envisioned him to be this perfect prince charming. I do talk about this a lot, just in my head or with friends as, you know, as women, is there this Prince Charming? And no, you can't project onto someone else all of these things that you think you should have or society is pressuring you to do this. And I guess looking back at the at the story, I feel like she did at the time she met him and she thought she was in love, but maybe it was just some passion or whatever it was, but it wasn't real love to sustain itself. Obviously, when push came to shove, he took off. Well, I've only thought about it from Bill's perspective because I am a man and and could never profess to understanding women. Mm. But it's a very interesting point that maybe she too lived in a fantasy world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that she made Bill out to be something that he wasn't. Mm. And unfortunately, eventually she found out that he was what he was mm-hmm. and not what she what she envisioned or hoped but I'm also getting that idea that this Bill he's a loner I mean he doesn't have maybe friends and he's mm. not he's not you know because 
at a certain That's point, a point. Yeah. all of your friends point. have kids, you know, and you're around, you know, and he doesn't have family, you know. Well, I mean? he doesn't but, seem to have any real yeah, function about leaving California. Yeah, like, like if not you had, only leaving if you had a bunch her of friends and his child, but you know what I mean, then leaving whatever social situation he's in, too. Well, there is a section of the story where after he loses his head, he becomes a recluse and doesn't even leave the house. Mm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, um, maybe he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. Right. And I always, oh God, where am I going to go with this? How am I going to start this one? Uh, when it comes to love, I think that that people tend to view it as you either love or you don't Mm -hmm. like it's just there's like an on off switch and it's black or it's white it's black or it's white and and i think that like i don't personally see it as working that way and i've watched uh you know i watched my parents divorce when i was five and then and then spend many years not seemingly not loving one another i think you know that's fair uh and then now they're much not much older but they're older you know it's 35 years has gone by or something and uh they've been friends good friends for 10 years and their spouses are good friends the whole group gets together and i think the love that was there when they were young parts of that stayed with them throughout all of the period of time that they said they didn't love each other and i i just you know i i don't know if if you were to catch up with bill 10 years later Mm. Uh, might he have regret? Uh, and but would it mean that he, you know, should be absolved of anything, or or might he not have regret? Because I think there are sociopaths too who never truly feel love. But if you're with someone, if they had a twenty-some year relationship, I I think it's too convenient to say after knowing someone for that long that there was never love. But did they really know each other? Well, they had to have known each other well enough to have decided to get married and to have sure. spent that time. I mean, I get that people, if you find the the right combination of people, they might be in a relationship where they're both just looking past one another, basically. They're, they're uh, sort of an accessory that fits, but not necessarily a partner with whom you communicate and you and you make you take on challenges together and you you live the daily parts of life that require that are required when you have an actual communicative relationship Mm -hmm. uh and i think there probably are people out there who can just be like oh that person i just live with that person who yeah you know we got married it was a great wedding i think i love her right you know like they don't even know whether they do or not so but i think that's pretty rare but anyway I, I don't know. I think Maybe it's opposite. <laughs> I think it's opposite. But what anyway, wow, what a lot of, what a what serious discussion. Yeah. Wow. This it, is good stuff, huh? It is good stuff. Yeah, well, we, uh, the, the timing is perfect for us to uh, give you a little time here, Lester, to talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, you know, you've... How to access anything that you'd like folks to know how to access yeah if you have a if you have anything out there that you'd like people to be able to find um then we make that available to you if you really don't then it's just a story they heard and and hopefully uh we'll get some feedback and we'll have you in to tell different stories if they (laughs) if it's something people like so well um my work is 
pretty impossible to find unless you know the password to my computer. Okay. <laughs> so I'll have to it. wait for your second appearance. Right. I love it. But I, uh, if for some ungodly reason someone would want a copy of the story, I'd happily provide it. Okay. okay great. All right. Well, there you go. You can just great. contact us. Yeah. Yeah. We we're the we're the gatekeeper to Lester Black. I yes. like it. Right. I like that too. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> Laboring a little... in obscurity. <laughs> yes, yes, it's quite nice. Well, that was uh, quite a quite a imaginative exercise there. I feel like we oh just got gosh. a little glimpse into someone's life, and I feel a little down. I think right you now. took it really personally. Like, can you can you not? I mean, you understand that these people oh, exist I know. only in Lester's mind. Like I know. Maybe they're, <laughs> but that's why maybe that's, they're bits and pieces of sign, real life. It's a si- I, I love to read. It's a sign of a good book. It's a sign of a good movie. Any type of entertainment when you're so immersed that you just you feel like a part of it. Yeah, so I guess that is a compliment. It was right. Yeah. Right. I really enjoyed it too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was awfully fun. This Thank was, you very much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Lester, was, thanks a lot. I mean, this is kind of my happy story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> we, we, well, we, we want to have you back around the Halloween season. We'd love to do a, you know, something spooky. Careful what you ask for, I know, Sarah. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's it. some... There's, I'd love to come back. Thank That'd you very be great. much for having me. Well, some thank you, Lester. Lester Black there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. More Dark, to come. Some darkness. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, thanks, Lester. Lester. Thank you, Lester. Thank you. Yep. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.